Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Miller Thomas, the always wonderful host of this podcast. Graduated from Arizona State University a little while ago now, and I'm in need of a full-time job, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. And you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we are continuing the last conversation I had between me and the Lockdown Braves, Dylan Shore, about our little debate about Mike Trout and how we kind of view Mike Trout, our different perspectives on him. So we'll continue that conversation today. But first, your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44. Your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I rate to the most reasonable round. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, here's more of that continued conversation between Dylan Shore and I. Some of these other stats I have, I have some clutch stats here about Mike Trout. And I think it plays into part of why we've seen him struggle the one time in the postseason, why I think it could be an indication as to if he got there more, uh, maybe he struggles some more because these are clutch stats. These are when the lights are the brightest, uh, as you would say. And two outs, runners in scoring position for Mike Trout's career. He has 362 at-bats, 12 home runs, 136 ribbies, and 124 walks. Mookie Betts in comparison, who I think is probably the closest player we have to Mike Trout, you can make the argument maybe Bellinger or Yelich, but in 73 last at bats and with two outs runners in scoring position, Mookie only has one less home run, two less hits, and six less RBIs. Mike Trout in those situations batting 262, Mookie's batting 322. Uh, 322. Then I look at a guy like Miguel Cabrera in the same situation. He has 960 at bats with two outs runners in scoring position. He's batting 304. So. Other contemporaries of Mike Trout are just destroying it when it comes to clutch stats. High leverage situations, Mike Trout has the worst batting average and uh, comparable hits to a, a Mookie Betts. And a Miguel Cabrera, with over 1,600 plate appearances in high leverage situation, has a 323 average, which just destroys Mike Trout. So I think when we've seen situations just in regular season games where the game's a little bit closer, where those lights are a little bit brighter, Mike Trout, he's still a great player, but... He's not the greatest player, and there's other great players in baseball who actually step up to the plate when it comes to the postseason or even, you know, late regular season games. So until I see more, you know, clutchness from Mike Trout, until I see more on a bigger stage, I'm not ready to say he, he's the greatest player ever. I do think his numbers and stats put him on a trajectory to say he could be. But as of right now, uh, I haven't seen enough in, in big moments to say that he is. I, I'm not sure if he's a guy that I can trust. Lay, lay in a ball game yet with two outs and runners runners on. I, I mean, I think I could trust him, but there might be other better options, I should say. There, there might be a guy like Miguel or Mookie that I'd rather have in a high leverage moment over a Mike Trout. A lot of what you're talking about here is you're mentioning average, and that's not something that you generally use when you're when you're evaluating clutches. When you look at Mike Trout's profile as far as his clutch numbers go, one of the things that sets him apart from a lot of players, I'm actually about to pull up Mookie's numbers to compare them, uh, what, what you're looking at is, like, his OBP. What's his on-base percentage in high-level situations? Over the course of his career, that's a 456. That's 
huge. His slugging's 574. That's a little bit down from low leverage, but that's higher than his medium leverage. His OPS is over 1,000. That's gigantic. His ISO is 260, which is very good. His BABIP's 356, which is right around his career norms. His weighted runs created plus, which is his overall offensive numbers. Again, not as good as his low leverage. It's like five points left, but it's better than his medium leverage. What that goes to show you is Mike Trout is Mike Trout basically wherever. I mean, he walks 19% walk rates during high leverage situations as compared to 20 and a half strikeout percentages. You're not going to find just about anybody in modern day baseball that gives you the thump that Mike Trout does while also giving you the on-base ability. That's when, when you're talking about uh, the difference between the traditional metrics versus the advanced metrics. That's where a lot of it comes in, where guys that hit a lot of singles, for example, they don't they're not, uh, they're not weighted the same. Like, for example, let's use, I'll use Mookie and I'll use, I'll use Mookie's career. Uh, I probably could just use his 2018 since that's his best one, but I'll keep it fair and just use his 2018 or just use his career. When you're looking at, at Mookie's career numbers uh, in his situations, high leverage, he's sitting at 141. So he's actually, Mookie is better in high leverage than he is in low leverage. That's yeah. part, that part is true. He's actually got a higher walk rate than a strikeout rate in high leverage. The issue is, even with what he's doing, he's not as valuable as Trout is. I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, he, he's, he carries a good walk rate. It's 15.3. That's very high, but that's not 19, which is Trout's. I mean, you look at his slugging. His slugging is 516, less than Trout's. His OPS, 932. Very, very good, lower than Trout. His ISO, 202. That's just isolated power. Doubles, triples, homers. 202, very, very high, much lower than Trout. Batted, 336, 20 points lower than Trout. Weighted runs created plus 141, that's 30 points lower than him. His WABA, which is his weighted on base average, literally every time he gets on base, 386, that's less than Trout's as well. When you look at the numbers that Trout stacks up with, or, or really anybody, it's not like I'm taking a shot at Mookie, but Mookie is an incredible player. And last year was just a bad down year for Mookie, which is amazing that in a down year, he's worth about six wins. I mean, it's, he, he's an outstanding player. Same thing for Yelich, same thing for Bellinger, same thing for Alex Bregman, even though he's a cheater and they didn't, you know, I, I'd like to see what Alex Bregman does without cheating. Um, assuming that he's as similarly talented, Alex Bregman's incredible too. But none of these guys have been able to sniff Mike Trump. Mike Trout is essentially the same. Like he essentially gets LeBron James as far as when you talk about MVPs. I mean, you could literally give Mike Trout the MVP any single year, and it's okay, and it's fine. Like last year, he played, what was it, 20 or 30, 30 less games than Bregman, uh, still finished above him as far as like war totals, which, you know, you either, you either like the advanced ones or you don't. But for those that do, Mike Trout is, is – he is the epitome of what you want a ball player to be. Uh, he does – everything exactly the way you want. He's a head down hustle guy. He tries as hard as he can all the time. He stays out of bad publicity. He's huge in his community. I just think he's the archetype baseball player. Like if you were building a baseball player, like if you were doing a creative player on MLB the show, or you had an unlimited amount of money and you were allowed to make a baseball player, you make Mike Trout. It's the perfect height. It's the perfect weight. It's the perfect power. Literally every skill this man possesses is perfect. And quite frankly, he really probably shouldn't be playing center field. He should probably be playing right field. He can play center. 
He's not great at it. But if he played in a corner, his offense would probably be better, seeing as everybody else who has moved from center field to a corner, their offense jumps up. Think of Ronald Acuna, for example. Acuna, when he plays in right field, is a much more valuable player than when he plays in center field. Um, Christian Yelich, when he's playing in left field, is a lot more valuable than when he's playing right field. Uh, just separate positions have separate priorities. So guys that are having to play center field where you're having to maintain enough lean body to actually be able to range a lot and run a lot, cover a lot of ground, you generally pay for it a little bit on offense. Your legs are a little bit more tired at the end of the year as opposed to a corner. If Trout were to move to a corner, his numbers would be even higher. It's, it's, if you ever want to see something crazy, take a look at Edgar Martinez, a guy that we can both agree, one of the best hitters ever. Take a look through uh, Edgar Martinez's fan graphs, and you can see the years, and you can tell the years that Edgar had to actually play defense and didn't DH. Uh, it, it's, it's a very noticeable thing. So when you're talking about Trout, I think the important thing is not to – I don't really like comparing guys across different sports because the sports are so different from each other. It's like the, the values and the qualities that we take are so different. Like for LeBron, I, think it's, I don't think it's – I don't think it's a stretch to say that LeBron is probably the most athletic basketball player aside from um, what was the little point guard name for the Knicks? Little guy that used to dunk all the time. Nate. Uh, Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson was super athletic because he had hops. But I don't think it's crazy to say that LeBron is probably the most athletic basketball player we've ever seen. I mean, he's basically a tight end. He's 6'8", 265 pounds. I mean, he's full-on defensive lineman sized. Like, I, I, Obviously, the, the athleticism he carries is a different level of athleticism from most football players, which most basketball players, for that matter. If you talk about Russell Westbrook, John Wall, their athleticism is a different type of athleticism. It's all based on explosion. The difference in LeBron is that he's actually strong to go with it, whereas a lot of these other guys in basketball, quite frankly, relatively speaking, aren't all that strong. But baseball, you can get kind of in the same way. You look at a guy like Pablo Sandoval, you wonder, how is this guy even playing? It's Quite frankly, it's embarrassing to see a baseball player who looks like Pablo Sandoval. Yeah, he's extremely overweight. (laughs) Yeah, that's literally a guy that does not do any training at all, who just rolls out of bed and comes and plays. It's Quite frankly, it's embarrassing and it's a bad look because it gives baseball players a bad name because the run on baseball players is – you know, they're not, as, they're not as explosive as football players or basketball players. When a lot of the times, that's not really the case. I think we can agree Billy Hamilton is fast. You're talking 4-2 fast. You run in the 4-2s, it doesn't matter what sport you're playing, that's fast. We'll be right back with more of that conversation after this. But first... Let me tell you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain store front. Wind or often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's continue that conversation between Dylan, Short, and I. I do think his clutch stats, if you compare the Mookie and the Miguel Cabrera, since, uh, I mean, Mike Trout does have a lot more games and at-bats under his belt. So I think when you, if you were to, you know, give them the same baseline of games and things like that, I think Mookie's numbers are better than uh, Trout's if you look at some of the counting stats like RBIs, runs scored, and hits but uh if i think if i haven't looked fully into miggy uh miguel cabrera stats i think his offensive numbers are probably a lot better than trout's in the in the clutch i mean his, his some of his clutch stats are just overwhelming but i know you didn't want to bring uh the, the advanced stats today and i'm i'm glad you didn't because i feel like whenever i have a mike trout debate the first thing people want to bring to me is war. So I just want to know your viewpoint and your perspective on war. What do you think about that stat being used in any argument, honestly? Because I told you I don't like war, and I'll give you my reasoning for war for why I don't like war. But tell me first your perspective on why you do. I am, I am an advanced stat guy. I use most of those stats, and I use it for different reasons. Um, mostly, it's important to know them because that's what MLB front offices use, unless you're a fan of the Orioles and the Royals. And that should tell you everything you need to know about advanced metrics. The only teams that do not have a large analytics department are the two worst teams in baseball. Uh, first thing Derek Jeter did when he took over the Marlins was install an analytics department. Um, when you're talking about war, what people get lost in war is some, sometimes some of these things, you can, you can just look at the number comparative to their peers and leave it at that. When you're talking about war, you're talking about wins above replacement. A lot of people think that means a replacement level big leaguer, like an average big league player. That's not true. The replacement player is your average AAA player, a guy that's not a major league player, but he's not a bum either. A guy that's completely average AAA player. That's what they base war off of. Uh, for basically the higher the number, the better you are. It, it ties in essentially what war does is it combines everything combines your defensive skill your base running ability your offensive ability kind of all molded into one and then it assigns value based on your position so for example first basemen are not going to have as high war totals as center fielders uh, who probably center fielders are probably the highest war total guys center field right field uh, third base shortstop those type of guys because they have the best all-around mix of abilities as far as defense and, and offense and everything like that. Look at first baseman, a guy like Freddie Freeman, uh, I believe he was four point, he was either four war, like 4.6 last year, according to Fangraphs. Uh, the, the reason being why his defense was rated so badly, because he's a first baseman and first base defense as a whole is generally viewed pretty negatively. It's truly generally viewed as they're not good defenders and that's why they're at first. So they get knocked a little bit for it. Uh, when you're talking about war in total, it's just a way to look at how they perform compared to their peers. So for example, I'm not going to use like if I, if I'm a GM or if I'm just trying to find some guys for an article that I, for some guys that I think the Braves should target, I'm not going to look at a first baseman 
and then a left or in a center fielder and say the Braves should get this person instead of him because the war is different. Now I might say that sometimes like uh, a lot of the fun thing to do in Braves country is people like to mess with Bryce Harper um, and say that he's awful when he actually had a better season than Freddie, but that's a whole different reasoning. Um, I generally, I generally use war to compare like players. So if I'm comparing right fielders, I'll use their, their war because that's directly related to, I know the war that they've discovered there. I'm only comparing against the other right fielders. So I'm not having to worry about things like uh, right field war is always, is always less than center fielder war, as opposed to all compare center fielders versus center fielders and so on and so forth. Most of these advanced metrics are meant to be used in conjunction with their peers. So like when you're talking about the standard, the, the traditional metrics like batting average, the reason why nobody uses it really uh, is because it's too fallible. It's too easy to mess with. That's why we've got things like BABIP or batting average on balls in play. Um, batting average equates every hit as being worth the same amount. And that's just not the case, which is why we have things like you know, OBP and WABA and weighted runs graded plus, all, all that stuff. All of that came out of the realization that not all hits are created equal. So like, for example, if you've got, uh, let, let's say you've got Pete Rose versus Willie Mays, which one of those would you say was the better player? The better player? Probably Willie Mays. I think Pete Rose is probably the better contact hitter, but I think overall. That's, notice how you did that, though. You had to qualify it with contact hitter. Like there, yeah. there is no one in the history of the universe that would take Willie May or would take Pete Rose over Willie Mays. And that's not, that's not a bad thing to say. I mean, Willie Mays was freaking Willie Mays, man. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's just one of those ways of, of being able to look a little bit deeper than surface numbers. Now I do think some of them get overused and I think a lot of people use them who do not really understand the numbers themselves. So they'll see things like this person had, X war and this person had Y war. So which player is better? And you can make an argument either way, but it's not going to be a very convincing argument because you're not taking into account the differences inherent position by position when you go into war. So all in all, it's a good thing to look at. Never rely on one stat though. When you're whether you're talking batting average, home runs, RBI, WABA, X woe bacon, whatever, X woe become whatever you want to use, never use one. That's I think that's the most important thing I can impart is if you're if you're an advanced guy, it's not just war. You gotta compare, you gotta usually I try to have at least three or four points of comparison to see. You gotta have more than just war. Okay, because I'm probably the young guy who sounds like the boomer who pretty much who's kind of against advanced stats because I feel like a lot of them just are too complicated with the formula and something like war. I just feel like it's too hypothetical of a stat because like you said, I think too many people forget that you're looking for wards, calculating the, how much better you are at your position than the next guy at that same position. So many people think it, it, the war is Mike Trout versus how much better he is than Mookie Betts, but no, it's actually Mike Trout versus the next center fielder. And when you look at it, actually center field position, baseball is actually the worst position you can make the argument for in terms of talent because I was looking at MLB.com's ranking of top 10 center fielders right now. And number two on this list was Cody Bellinger, who's actually played more games at first base than center field in his career. 
Number five is Whit Murrayfield, who's actually who's played more games at second base. Yeah, than- I don't know who made that list, but they need to be attacked because Whit Merrifield's not a center fielder, and I would bet you he's played less than 300 innings in center field. That's what I'm saying. And then to round out the top ten, they have Aaron Hicks and Brett Gardner, two players manning the same position on the same team. So no wonder. So I think so many – war just skews the perspective so much of – Mike Trout, and I, I don't think enough people give me. If, if you're telling me he's counting numbers like you did earlier with the OBP and the slugging, they're phenomenal. But I feel like too many people rely on the advanced stats like war when it comes to Mike Trout, and I think that's where you're wrong because let me read this real quick. This is on baseball reference. This is what one, one of their uh, definitions of how they calculate war. They say there is no one way to determine war. There are hundreds of steps to make this calculation and dozens of places where reasonable people can disagree on the best way to implement a particular part of the framework. So almost at any point of this process when calculating war, a group of people can decide. So one, one group of people who are calculating war can have a difference, uh, have different results than another group of people who are calculating the same thing. So when I look at that, when I look at a stat that can't be universal across different websites, universal across different sources, it just holds less value to me. Uh, and I know you say, uh, you know, batting average less valuable. I know, you know, not every hit's created equal, but I think when Mookie Betts, uh, Mookie Betts, you know, hits 346 in a season over 160 games, I just think that's phenomenal. And a single's not worth the, the same as a home run, but I think if you're telling me, you know, 346, that, that amount of time you're going to get hit when you're, when you're up at the plate, I think that's still something that's important. I think too many, oh, it's you know, yeah, yeah. I think too many, you know, counting stats are, just the, the traditional stats that we used to look at just being overlooked nowadays. You know, people don't care about the ERA anymore. People I think, don't care I think about a lot of, I think a lot of that is, is people realize that RBI is a horrible stat to judge person on because that's, that's something that's outside of their control. RBI is something that's literally dependent on the team around you. So like, I, I get that. Uh, batting average is, is, is really only because it's so easy to mess with. Like if you, if you use, you know, WABA, or OBP instead of batting average, that's fine. Now, I I, ha- I used to have a built-in bias against OBP because I I hate walks, honestly. Like, it's important to be able to take that base, but, you know, I'd rather walk Mike Trout than pitch to him and let him, you know, hit a homer. So I don't think a walk is – I don't think a walk is as valuable as any sort of hits. Like, you're not going to catch me ever saying that Ichiro wasn't shortlist elite just because most of his hits were singles. Thank you to everyone who tuned into this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to Dylan Short for that continued conversation between us. And be on the lookout for another podcast tomorrow and uh, possibly another Mike Trout argument. Hope everyone is staying safe and staying healthy. Peace!